important words we are going to hear in our, in our time together, and that is the Word of God. Turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 96. Psalm chapter 96, I'll be reading from verses 1 to 9. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name, tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. In verse 7, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. This is the word of God for us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. Lord, we acknowledge that your word gives life. And Lord, no matter where, no matter where we are in our season and in our journey with you, may your word bring encouragement, may your word bring joy, may you strengthen us. May you encourage us. May you convict us, Lord, through your word. May you remind us. May you put us back to what's important. May you refocus us. May you remove the scales on our eyes, Lord, that we may see you. May we see your glory, your holiness, your steadfastness, your faithfulness, even as your word is preached today. Would you speak? And our commitment is, Lord, our hearts and our minds are in tune with you. And we are committed to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may take your seats. Once again, good morning, everyone. We are on week one of six of our series entitled Set Apart. But again, as Kathy already mentioned, as George already mentioned, we just came from a a week, five days of prayer, fasting, and consecration. We not only did that here in the Philippines as Victory, but we did, did it all over the nations as well, all over the world. As you know, we are in 82 nations, if I'm not mistaken. 82 nations. The set-apart manual, did you know, was translated 16 times. There were a lot of people prayer and fasting this week. And of course, I hope that you enjoyed your time with the Lord because our theme was set apart. This is all about looking at God's holiness from a biblical point of view. You know, growing up, the word holy is a religious term for us and rightfully so, but sometimes we are intimidated by it. We feel Like, you know, when you were growing up, do you remember the times when you found out that your friends were, you have a friend that was always going to church, and all of a sudden you have a friend that hasn't gone to church, but would like to go to church, and you know what, what you bug them with, right? 
Huwag kang pupunta ron, masusunog ka. In English, mas nakakatawa kasi kung Tagal. In English, don't go there, you'll get burned up. Or probably the land in, uh, underneath you is just gonna open up and eat you alive. Don't go there, that's just for holy people. I mean, just in this, inside this room, if I ask right now, how many holy people do we have here? Raise your hand. Yung iba, nagdududa talaga. Holy? Me? Holy? That's because growing up, we had the wrong mindset of holiness. But I believe even as we go through the next six weeks of what holiness is and what is the biblical point of view, how the Bible sees holiness, I believe it's going to be life-giving for us. I believe it's going to be transformative for us. I believe it's going to be so grace-filled that you want to be holy at the end of week six. Who among you here, you want to be holy? Nabawasan. Because holiness, in God's point of view, is something that it's part of His character. I love what Kathy read a while ago in 1 Peter chapter 13, verse 16. This is the encouragement, the exhortation of the Apostle Peter to the scattered church in Asia Minor. He said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 16, he said, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the next verse, it says, verse 14, susunod yan, nag-prayer and fasting kasi yung ano eh, yung... Alright. Okay, let's go. Open our Bibles. That's why we have our Bibles with us. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 13. Alright, it says there, Yan, sumunod na. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy." You see, if you look at that from a worldly perspective, you're go- you and I are going to think this is impossible to achieve. And you are going to be right. No one achieves holiness on their own accord. Because holiness is part of God's character. He wants us to be holy even as He is holy. Mamaya, explain ko kung yung holy. And I want us to know that all of us is considered holy. But the problem is, the problem is, when we were growing up, the concept of holiness, if you are holy, you are going to become a saint, and if you become a saint, that means you are going to die. Once again, how many of you here you want to be holy? Wala na talaga. It's gone. But the concept of holiness is our understanding of personal holiness must be rooted and grounded on the holiness of God because holiness cannot be achieved by human effort. 
It could only be achieved in, this, in, in absolute surrender to the grace and mercy of our God. Holiness is part of God's eternal character. It means He's set apart. It means that there is no one like Him. It means He is set apart from us, that He is not no, he is, there is no other being like Him. He is distinct. He is separate from sin. He is not impure. He has anotherness and apartness to Him that you and I would probably never understand. This God is different. Yahweh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, He's different from any other relationships or any other thing in our lives. Believe me, I know. Pastor, you've been preaching. He's personal. But close coming the Lord. Yes, there's a moment for you to Treat God like you're walking with Him, but there is something about Him that His otherness and His apartness when He goes there, man, it leads Isaiah to say, holy, 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 the angels are singing, and Isaiah fell prostrate to the ground in awe and in reverence of Him. This is not just a normal being. He is like no other there has to be awe, reverence. There's an apart, apartness set apart. His essence, His sacred, His above all. Nothing comes close. Well, I was studying this and all throughout prayer and fasting, I was thinking, Lord, do I even deserve to be in Your presence? Because this God, though He's different, though He's high and lifted up, though He is different and He is good, mighty, and great, this God still, still wants to be personal with you. Yes, He is high above the heavens, but He wants to be personal with you. But we have to know, we have to know that we have to treat this relationship right. It's not just any other relationship that you would put on your schedule and just the Lord is only part of it. Rather, we have to create our schedules around the relationship that we have with this holy God. I mean, listen to David. Sorry, we don't know if David wrote this psalm in Psalm 96, but I'll explain later on. In Psalm 96 verse 9, the psalmist said, worship the Lord in the splendor, meaning in the beauty of His holiness. There's something about His otherness and who He is that we should appreciate. His beauty is like no other. I mean, you've seen a lot of beautiful things here on earth. You've seen a lot of amazing things here on earth. You've experienced a lot, but it is nothing compared to who the Lord is. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. What the Lord has prepared for those who love Him. I know we have some sort of idea of who God is, but at the end of the day, to be honest, we really don't have any clue. We see a glimpse, but not all. But that glimpse is enough for us to love Him. That is why when the psalmist said, Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him. 
all the earth. You see, the context of this verse, we don't know who wrote Psalm 96. But we do know that in 1 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 16, this was part of David's song. That's why we could probably conclude that he wrote, this, uh, he wrote Psalm 96. Because he sang it. The context of which he wrote this song was this. He was moving the Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Edom to Jerusalem. In 1 Chronicles chapter 15, when the Ark moved, there was someone, it was off balance and someone touched it. Because you know the holiness of God was expressed through the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. And it got, uh, it, was, it, it, it almost fell so Uzzah placed his hand to the Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible says, the anger of the Lord was upon him and he died. I'll explain that further on. So when David was about to move the Ark after Uzzah died, he was going to move the Ark from Obed-Edom going to Jerusalem, David did the necessary preparations. What he did was he invited all the Levites. He invited the, all the lyre, the harp, the horn. He, he did a, a, he did a, like an entertainment number. There, there were music teams. There were choirs. Everything. It was a big event. He invited everything. There were offerings. There were food all over the place. He made the trance ring of the ark. A big thing because why? He knew that God was holy. And in, in, in him, it wasn't an ordinary event moving the presence of God. So he wrote a song because this was a big thing. As you know, I know a little bit about writing songs. <laughs> right? I'd like to show a picture here. This was when we were preparing. You know, uh, Kyle, you were here and I'm... We were preparing uh, the 30th anniversary song. This was one of the pictures. I've never seen, the, uh, I've never shown this in public, but a lot of people are doubting. <laughs> My dad who's watching right now just laughed out loud when I said that I, I was one of those who wrote the song. But Kathy, thank you for, But this was an important event for David, so he wrote a song. Tagalina natin yan, kasi bakas. Right? He wrote a song about it. And the song was Psalm 96. And I believe as we go through Psalm 96, we would see three essential elements. He, remember he wrote, we, we have to worship Him in the splendor of His holiness as we go through Psalm 96. I hope that we see three essential elements to help us worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness of who He is. Number one. There's a call to worship. Did you notice in first, the first two verses of Psalm 96, it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Now, this doesn't mean that every time you go to the Lord, you sing a new song. It just means that, remember the, 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 the Bible says His mercies are new every morning. That you have to match it with the song. That means that every time you see God, it's not just ordinary uh, part of your schedule every time you encounter God there's something fresh about it there's some excitement inside of you almost like hearing a new song 
Like what we, saw, what we sang earlier, it's a new song for us, isn't it? But as you, it says there, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Do you know that we worship God and praise this holy God through song? And all of the karaoke people say, Amen. Pastor, I don't know how to sing. Yes, but there's something inside of us who just would like to sing. Remember those movies in the 90s, in the 80s? You can't have a, a, a Filipino movie before without a song in the middle. Don't research Kathy Go when he was singing in an FBJ movie. Don't research that. Don't research Alamat, ano yun, Kathy? Alamat ng Lawin, Kathy. Right? There's always a song, and Filipinos, we get this. We have harana. We have the way we express our, our, our love for someone who we're courting. There's always a song in there. And the Bible says, sing, sing, sing. And if the Bible repeats itself, especially three times, you know it's important. That's why, church, I'm your pastor. The singing at the beginning of the service. That call to worship. When someone stands here at the beginning of, of, of worship, the call to worship means we stand at attention. Yes, we have a hard week. Yes, we know we have our, we're in a season of our lives. But when there's a call to worship, it's an invite to us to stop whatever we're doing and to focus on the holiness of God. There's a call to worship for that. That's why we do it. It's not introduction, guys. The singing of songs at the beginning of our, our worship service is not just so it could set up the preaching. We worship God. We sacrifice to God. We, we give our praises to God at the very beginning. Not just in the preaching of the Word. But I understand because growing up, you used to go to church and just listen to the preaching of the Word. Why? Because the sound system is not working. <laughs> but now you're different. There's a call to worship. You know who you're worshiping. A reminder of who God is. And the psalmist says, sing. Sing, sing, but you said you're going to say, Pastor, I don't, I just lost a loved one. Why should I sing? Don't be legalistic about it. Singing means there's a joy brewing up inside of us, and we remind our souls of who God is. Oh, praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. Yes, I'm going through something difficult now. Yes, I'm sick, but there's something inside of me who wants to connect to this. God who is holy, who is mighty, who is worthy to be praised. And my state is not an excuse for me not to give my song and praises to Him. Here's what I love about that. He not only gives us sing, sing, sing. He told us to bless His name and tell of His salvation 
declare, sorry, verse 2. It says, sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Not only do we remember who He is, but we are to be reminded of who we were. We were once lost. We were once enemies. But because of His salvation, we are now accepted. We are now invited into His presence. A foreshadow of this is the invitation of Christ to be in the presence of God. Tell of His salvation day from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. I love how David reminds us of that. That salvation is happening in this church, in our world, but also in the nations. I was reminded of that when we prayed for our missionary to Iran last Friday. I was reminded of the nations when Pastor Rico was here last week. In December, Pastor Fur was here. We prayed for Canada. Not only does God care about you, but He is a God who saves all the nations. And isn't that reason to worship? Isn't that reason to see the greatness of His holiness? So when we sing, 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 and bless His name, I hope we know who we are singing to. It's not just a matter of just singing. It's the motivation by which who we're singing to. So we don't just come here in church and say, okay, I know there's going to be three songs, and then someone's going to pray, and then preaching. No! From all that we do here every Sunday is worship to God. I remember last, what was that, Kathy? The SAF outreach, November. I think that was November. Last November, we went to the Special Action Force in Camp Bagong Diwa. We had a, we had a outreach, a medical outreach there. And I was with Pastor Noel, uh, Pastor Noel Landicho, our senior pastor. And he asked me, Alvin, what do we wear for the outreach? Oh, let's just wear a t-shirt, you know? It's an outreach. We'll be there the whole day. We're going to be talking to people. Uh, just jeans, shirt. That's okay. So he showed up the next morning, you know, Pastor Noel. If you know Pastor Noel, he's not just going to show up in a shirt. He's going to show up in a shirt with a Warriors jersey here, you know? He's a Warriors fan. So we went there. We didn't know that the head, that the director, that the chief of the special action force will, will go and see us. And he was in full uniform. So imagine this. We were on stage with him. The general was in full force. Like he was full uniform. It was standing straight. And I was, he was there. I was here. I was like, why am I here? You know, I didn't dress for the occasion, but you know. So last Wednesday, we prayed for a colonel here in the morning service. And he asked me, Pastor Alden, what do I wear? Oh, you wear your full uniform. We'll pray for you. This time I was ready. Nakabarong na ako nung Wednesday. Sumobra naman, congressman tawag sa akin ng mga tao, right? 
But at least I was ready for it. I was praying for, for uh, Colonel Jonathan last, uh, last Wednesday. Wednesday was it? But it's, it's that occasion. It's that you meeting someone and being in the presence of majesty and holiness. Where are we always ready to meet God? When we come here, is it always, are we always at full attention and basking in the presence of God and enjoying who He is that would lead you to sing, sing, sing? Call to worship, remembering who God is. Number two, there is a cause for worship where we are, there is a reason why we worship God in verse 4. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. You see, the, the history behind an idol is from ancient Mesopotamia, the, Babylon, uh, the Babylonians, would get rocks. And they would line up those rocks. And usually those rocks are placed outside the city gates. Because they believed that their God would inhabit those rocks and those stones. And they would use it for protection. They would use it for provision. Whatever they need, the rocks would be just outside the city gate. And they believed that when they call on their God, it's, gonna take the, it's going to take the form of the stone. And that eventually evolved to gold, bronze, whatever. And it became actually an idol. So every time they would enter the city gate, they would grab, they would talk to that rock. If they need rain, they're going to talk to that rock. And it eventually became what we know now as idols. You're probably here saying, Pastor, I was saved from that already. I don't, I, I, we don't have idols at home. But you know, just like, uh, I forgot who mentioned it, that our hearts are idol factories. If you get rid of one and renounce one, it's going to create one for you. There's always a struggle of what is sit and what and who is sitting in your heart. And the psalmist said, He is greatly to be praised and He is to be feared above all gods. This God is not like those idols. Those God is not someone... Some, the, the idolatry in our heart causes us to anchor our lives toward that idol. It could be money. It could be your career. It could be a good thing. Some, uh, you you want to get married and it becomes an idol to you. It could be a country that you want to go to. Whoever is sitting on the throne of your hearts and whoever is driving your entire life, that's who you worship. And I hope that it's the holy God that sits on that throne. Listen to this. It says here, For the, all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. It's worthless. Those stones can't save you. Those stones can't provide for you. Those stones can't move and speak to you. I mean, all of the gods of the Egyptians, for example, are, are connected to nature. We have Ammon. I think he's the sun god. He's connected to nature. The, uh, another god, Marduk, is a god of the river, I believe. And it's still connected to the nature. 
But it says in the psalm, but God, the Lord, made the heavens. Remember in Genesis, He wasn't part of the water. He was hovering around the water. He is above all creation. The reason why we worship Him is because of His glory, His power, His might, His strength. Not only what He could do in your life, but what has, He has already done and what, is already, what He is about to do. He is greatly to be praised, the psalmist said. Your idols are worthless. They can't help you. They can't move nor talk. But the Lord made the heavens. And in verse 6, splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. This God is a God of justice, a God of comfort. He is a God of the right, and He will punish the wrong. The expression of His holiness, the splendor, His goodness, His greatness. As I mentioned during the, the Ark of the Covenant, when it was first moved, the Ark of the Covenant, as you know, is the presence of God during the Old Testament. And it's so holy and unique. It was a prelude to what, who God was, uh, an expression, an earthly expression, so that we could in our finite minds somehow understand. And when it was moved, as I mentioned, it got off balance and Uzzah just put his hand and he died. Let's read that. In 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 10. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and he struck him down because he put out his hand to the ark and he died there before God. Pastor Alden, tumutulong lang naman yung tao. But you see that ark is holy. It knows no sin, no impurity. And Uzzah being an impure person, putting his hand on the holy ark, he was consumed by death. I know as a pastor, I always remind you, Please do not ever put in your reasoning this thinking. I could sin today because I know God could forgive me. I could sin. I could make a mistake because I know the grace of God is evident. Yes, but do not use it as a license to sin because when you say God understands sin, He doesn't. It's not part of who He is. There's no sin in Him. That's why when we sinned, we were separated from the garden. That's why when we sinned, there was a big chasm in between us that we would never go to the other side. You see, the problem of sin is a holiness problem. And we can't reach God through our own efforts. Do not think God is going to tolerate your sin. So if you're doing it right now, stop. Because His grace is also sufficient that you could take your way out. There's always an exit sign and a fire escape sign because God is faithful, the Bible says. So if you're here and you're in sin, please stop. 
He's never going to understand. In fact, he never understood it. That's why he sent his son, his one and only son, to die for you, to eradicate sin as far as the east is from the west. Through his blood, you could receive forgiveness. He's never going to understand your sin. He wants to destroy it because that's not part of who he is. That's not part of his character. And because he is so pure, we worship him. But in the next verse, 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 14, and the ark, that same ark that killed Uzzah, remained with the house of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And look at what the Bible says. And the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that he had. One guy, one ark of the covenant, the other guy, death. Obed-Edom, blessing. Wow. That's who our God is. He's different. He's like no other. So please don't call him bro. Don't call him Papa God. This God is holy. This God is mighty. He is worthy to be praised. I know what you mean when you said you're close. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm close to God. I believe I'm a son of God. Not son of God, the son, big Esa. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. But there's a, such a reverence that every time you come into His presence, you're in awe. Because you, we don't even deserve to be there, yet He invites us to be there. Because one thing that's different from this God that we worship, those stone gods, those worthless idols, they don't invite you into a relationship with, with them. Marduk or Ammon is just God of the Egyptians and the Babylonians. They're not God of all the earth. Lastly, not only there is a call to worship or a cause to worship, but there is a cost to worship, cost of worship. This is our response to the faithfulness of God. If in the first three verses, it said, sing, sing, sing. David uh, repeats himself in verses 7 and 8. He said, ascribe to the Lord all families of peoples. Ascribe to the Lord Glory and strength ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. And it says this, bring an offering and come into His courts. Bring an offering that comes to His courts. The original Greek of offering here is the original uh, root word that means, tri that means tribute. You in, in the ancient of days, in the Old Testament, you give a tribute to the king. Why? Because that's a sign of allegiance. That's a sign of covenantal uh, faithfulness. Because he gives you protection, the king, he gives you everything that you need. You give your tribute, your offering to the king. If you withhold that, that's trouble. That's considered treason. That's considered treachery in the eyes of the human king. That's where we get that word offering here. I love what uh, Dr. Hilbert said in Dallas Theological Seminary when he preached on this. Hindi siya yan. Hindi siya yan. Si C.S. Lewis yan eh. Mamaya na yan. 
right? He said this, when we say sin, sometimes we, we misuse the word. We use it nonchalant. Uh, yes, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners, you know. But imagine this. If your sin was treason, treason deserves what? Colonel, death. If you turn your back on your country, it deserves death. When the Bible says, bring an offering and come into his courts, when you enter the sanctuary, when you enter the presence of God, we are expected to bring something of us. There's a cost to worship. As I said, this God is a God that's also jealous. He is not going to tolerate rivals. If there's someone sitting on the heart and the throne of your hearts, he's going to destroy it. He's going to do everything he could because he knows that it's going to destroy you. Give a tribute. Bring an offering. When you come here, who among you, you're blessed every time you come here? Right? You're blessed. When the word is preached, when we sing songs, especially those who were written by the lead pastor, when we sing those kinds of songs, right? You're blessed. But there is a certain element of sacrifice that we have to bring. There are probably Sundays you don't feel like praising and worshiping God. Sacrifice your time for God. During this prayer and fasting, I made a mistake. Okay? Could I confess to you? Cut the, feet, the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Could I confess something? I, I made a mistake. Because every prayer and fasting, I know it's going to be five days, so I try to be a good uh, steward of my body so I don't eat a lot during that weekend and then Monday to Friday, right? So I would usually eat a little bit Saturday, Sunday so that I'm ready for the water fast and uh, throughout the week. So this last week, I made a mistake. You know why? Because Pastor Rico was was here. Let's blame Pastor Rico. (laughs) So after him preaching three, three preachings that Sunday, we went out and we ate. Yun na lang, we ate. A lot. So needless to say, Monday, I was struggling. Tuesday, struggling even more. Wednesday, I almost quit. But I, I, persever- I persevered. But that preparation, I, under- I think, is crucial. And sometimes when we go here on a Sunday... Pastor, ba't nyo kami sinesermonan? Kaya nga kasi sermon eh, right? When you go here on a Sunday, I hope that you do not only prepare that morning. I hope your relationship with God is so important to you that you plan way ahead. So I hope that you don't meet anyone at 10 p.m. Saturday night because you know that there's a 10 a.m. service. Our service at us is at 10 a.m. Huh? Some of us arrived 
I hope we don't just prepare, but we're actually prepared. And not thinking we're going to come in here and, I want to be blessed today. I hope the singer is good. I hope that he's, she, he or she, <laughs> he or she is not going to make piyok. <laughs> I hope Pastor Aldwin, when he preaches, is really going to explain the word. Yes, believe me, going to church is a blessing. But have you ever, ever thought of being a blessing yourself? Because if we look at church like that, the presence of God, this is the house of the Lord, the holiness of the Lord abounds here. If we look at church like that, one mistake and you're out the door. You're going to look for the next perfect preacher, the next perfect singer, the pinakagwapong usher, pinaka... But this is family. This is family. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said this, Surely you know that if a man can't be cured of church going, the next best thing the enemy could do is to send him all over the neighborhood looking for church that suits him until he becomes a taster or connoisseur of churches. I hope that you are not just church hopping, looking for a message that would bless you. There is a call to bring an offering to God, a certain level of sacrifice you give to the body of Christ, to the spiritual family. If you've been here, this is your first time, you don't have to serve here. But if you've been here two years, three years, ten years sometimes, and you have not been serving, tama-tama, February 3, there is a chance for you to serve. There's going to be, we're going to gather all the people serving us, not serving us, but serving the Lord from the music ministry. Among you here, you want to serve in music ministry? Pununa. <laughs> I've been trying to get in year in, year out. I'm first in line. Kathy says no all the time. Because, all right? So, ushering. Among you here, you want to serve in kids' church? There's tech and stage. There's admin support. And if... If your effort is not in any of those ministries, approach me. Let's talk about how you could help. You could probably help the campus. You could probably train someone. But please, as you bring an offering, I hope that you serve here with us and lead with us. Know some people. Stop hiding in those posts. Bring an offering. There's a certain sacrifice we have to give. Are we here? There's a cost to worship. We are, we, we, there is a response to the faithfulness of God. Let me land this with a quote. 
from Bishop William Temple. He said this, For to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, to devote the will to the purpose of God. I hope that we would appreciate, enjoy, love that our God is holy. He is like no other. There is no one like Him. He is greatly to be praised. He is strong, mighty. He is good, absolutely good. That's why when David said in verse 9, Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. The splendor of God's holiness draws us to Him. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of our complete devotion and highest worship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. God, you are holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, right now, you know our hearts and our minds. You know who's sitting on the throne. And for some of us here, we're ashamed to say it's not you sitting there. God, right now, we want to repent of this. Would you quicken in our spirit what we need to set aside? what we need to give up, what we need to surrender, what we need to forget altogether. And God, as we surrender these things and give it at the foot of the cross, we ask for the unfair exchange of your grace. I pray, Lord God, that you would be freely sitting on the throne of our hearts. May you get rid of our idols that we created because we long for a relationship with you. Take this offering as a sacrifice of our praise. If you're here today and you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you haven't experienced His love, His holiness, you haven't known grace, well, today is your day. Would you want to surrender your life to Jesus with all he heads bowed down, all eyes closed? No one looking around. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus today, you've never done it before, but today is different. Today, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you because today is the day that the Lord has set apart for you to come home. With all heads bowed down, eyes closed. Would you raise your hand towards heaven? Just say, Lord, please forgive me. I surrender my life. I see those couple at the back. God bless you. 
Are there any more? Just raise your hand. Say, Lord, I surrender my life. Another hand in the middle. God bless you. Another hand right in that corner. God bless you. Victory group lead, uh, small group leaders, if you see those hands, please go beside them. There's a hand here, another hand there. Please keep them raised. Put them up high so that we could see you. We just want to, we just want to pray with you. Just make sure that we, you know and we know the magnitude of your decision today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All those of you raising your hand, say, Lord Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. I repent of all my sins. And I want to receive your forgiveness. You are the Lord. You are a Savior. And I acknowledge your Lordship over my life. From this day forward, I surrender to you and want to live my life for you and with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For all of you raising your hand, please put them down. I'd like to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. Why don't we all stand? Let's all stand. Why don't we put our right hand to our chest? saying, Lord, we want to worship you with our complete devotion. We want to worship you with all of who we are. By your grace, Lord God, show us the splendor of your holiness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.